Welcome to In Harmony. I'm your host, Laura Ferrero, a longtime journalist and founder of M4G Media. On In Harmony, we talk to musicians, artists, authors, activists, and other fascinating guests about their wellness practices, artistry, social activism, and more. In today's conversation, I talk with Chadwick Stokes of the bands Dispatch, State Radio, and his more recent solo project, Chadwick Stokes and the Pintos. I met Chad a few years ago when we sat on a panel together at the South by Southwest Music Festival about music, activism, and amplifying your voice for social good. I was so impressed with the work he was doing, engaging his fans to support numerous great causes and nonprofits. Chad is one of those rare people who's incredibly talented while also being humble and using his platform as a popular musician to help others. Chad's band, Dispatch, sold out several nights at Madison Square Garden, and he uses his platform on stage and on social media to reach his millions of fans and get them involved in supporting some terrific causes. Chad co-founded the nonprofit Calling All Crows, which engages fans in hands-on service projects in the city's Chad's band's visit while on tour, as well as virtually at the moment, since touring isn't possible due to COVID-19. The primary focus of Calling All Crows is on women's rights issues in all of their many forms. It recently expanded to include Black Lives Matter projects, prison reform, and helping those affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. I talked with Chad about his unique quarantining experience, his social activism, and his nonprofit. We also discussed the Black Lives Matter protests that were going on at the time of the recording. On a lighter note, we talked about how he's staying healthy and fit during this time by gardening and doing one of his favorite activities, knockout basketball. Chad also shared how important it is to commune with nature in order to stay grounded. And he also talked about what's in store for Dispatch and State Radio, and a lot more. I should mention that when I initially started this podcast, I was excited about sitting in this same room with my guests, because being in a room together can create a magic that's not always easy to recreate digitally. Not to mention that it's usually a lot easier to capture better sound quality in person. Unfortunately, being in the midst of a global pandemic has made that difficult right now, so please bear with us through some sound issues that come from recording remotely. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Chad. Now, here's a little bit of Chadwick Stokes and the Pinto's song, Joan of Arc, to take us into the conversation. She had a vision of three figures She knew them to be bygone saints She was so taken by their beauty that she cried when they faded away She said I can't stay here The message they gave was clear I must go say Sister with your red tail on 
I'm here with Chadwick Stokes. Chad, it's so good to connect with you. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. Um, so we were just chatting a little bit about, you know, quarantining and what it's looking like for you. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think you have a pretty unique experience. Yeah, we're we're back on the on the family homestead with my siblings and their kids and my parents. Uh, so it's and 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 my wife and I are here with with our three kids. So it's it's kind of like uh, you know every it kind of feels like Christmas morning every morning with the pancakes and the and in some ways it's really great. Um, but it's it's also you know we're all under the same roof for the first time uh, since we were all in high school. So it's there's a lot going on. It's 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 kind of hectic in its own in its own pace. But it, there's there is something nice about the uh, everyone kind of staying put and there isn't the the kind of pressures of the outside world or you you don't think like someone's go, we're not splintering off in every direction. You know everyone is really uh and there's there's a bunch of land so that's okay you know there's 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 room to stretch um so this i feel in some ways incredibly grateful to have this the ability to to kind of uh you know pack up the station wagon and and rush off to the old family farm uh is is it's in some ways it's been really beautiful uh it's not without its problems but it's uh in the face of such trying times, uh, you know, we feel really lucky that we're able to kind of hunker down here. Yeah. That like we were saying, you know, it's such, um, in a way it's so nice to have such a wonderful family community around you and not feel so isolated, but I'm sure that what is going on in the world is, is not escaping you either. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, uh, we have some news junkies in the house. So like there's definitely CNN is on uh, a lot. And, you know, my brother, who's a, who's a uh, science teacher, he was doing graphs, you know, of the COVID cases and deaths and, and, you know, and where the, it, very early on he was making his graphs and we were kind of studying them. And um, it's a scary time and such a sad time to think of all these all these deaths are, it's staggering. Um, and, and to think of these people who have had to say goodbye from afar to their loved ones, it's just, uh, that is really, uh, not only is, is, is maybe is someone dying, but you, you can't really say goodbye. So it's, it is a, uh, kind of tragedy on top of a tragedy is, is, it's really, uh, it's hard to, to, to see and to, to know what's happening. Um, so it's, and it, it's a tricky time. And then of course this, uh, uh, with George Floyd's death and, uh, his, his murder. And, uh, and now we're in like a different phase where it's like, it's, uh, you know, this race reckoning and, and I'm in some ways, I'm very grateful that, uh, that that you know we may be that this country can climb out of our own racism um but it took these like tragic deaths of brianna taylor and and george floyd and and 
Tony McDade and countless others, you know, to, to get here. So that's kind of, it's a, it's, it's a very strange, uh, it's kind of a wild time to, to be a part of, even if, if we're not, and we've been to some protests and that's, that's been really positive and, uh, feels good to be kind of part of that solution. Um, but it is, uh, and kind of the opposite of social distancing. So there's, there's a lot going on, as you know. Right. Is that in Massachusetts that you attended a protest or? Yeah. Oh, in, um, yeah, Boston area. In Boston. Okay. Yeah. Being on the East coast, um, I mean, excuse me, being on the West coast, it's so interesting to get a perspective of what's going on on the East coast as well. And of course, in the middle of the country, you know, yeah. we're seeing a lot of the news reports, but it, it was very moving. I don't know if you had this where you were, but last night at nine o'clock, there was um, a tribute to George Floyd where everybody lit up the sky uh, for, I believe it was nine minutes, the the length of approximately the length of time that the yeah. officer yep. was pinning him down. And it was, I don't know, it was just very powerful to see that people all over the country and the world are, are getting involved and and getting active yes yeah yeah it's amazing what 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 it takes sometimes and um chad i if i'm not mistaken through your nonprofit calling all crows are you doing a black lives matter service project We've, well, we've been doing, uh, we have something tonight that will center around Black Lives Matter and, and race and talking about it. And, uh, and this year, our initiative has been uh, about our prison system and kind of the, the systematic lockup of, of brown and black people uh, and our kind of mass incarceration addiction here in this country. Um, so we've we've been in touch uh you know we've been kind of fighting this fight for yeah, each each year we do a different cause or every couple of years we change causes and that's been our cause for for this year um so in some ways we've been talking about uh race for a while now and then this is just a uh you know it's coming to a head here like you said and um and so it's it's great to have, you know, it's we have these calling all crows sessions where a couple times a week we'll go and I'll play a few songs and we'll talk about different things and uh, a, a variety of things and and most of it was centered around COVID and and what what populations are being hurt the hardest and that and we could tie that pretty easily unfortunately into the what's happening in prisons and. Uh, and centers where where folks are being detained, say on the border and everything. Um, but so it's a it's and 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 now it's like we, how can we talk about anything else? I know, I know. It's even COVID in some ways seems secondary <laughs> at this yeah. point in time. Yeah, which would have shocked us, you know, a week a week and a half ago or two weeks ago. I know it, it's really incredible. So can you give us a little background, Chad, on Calling All Crows? I I believe you founded it with your tour manager, Sybil Gallagher, to mobilize fans for social change and to get them involved in service projects in the, the cities where you tour. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just to uh, to kind of uh, galvanize that energy that that were that happens during the show that night. But if you know, kind of giving people the opportunity to hang out during the day, and um, in some cases, you know, put a lot of hands to work and volunteer, and it's a great way. We've met so many wonderful people that way, and uh, it's, it's so. It's been incredible the people who show up to different service projects year after year. It's it's, uh, it's a nice it's a special bond, you know. At this point, having having done it for 11, 12 years, uh, we really one one of the one of my solo band, the Pintos. One of the bassist is was originally just this kid who volunteered all the time, and that's how I knew him. Oh, really? Now, now he's in the band. That's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's such a such a wonderful way, you know, I think typically as a musician, when you tour, you're kind of in and out and on your of cities and you're on your tour bus. And I feel like this is a great way to not only meet your fans, but get in touch with the local communities. And Yeah, yeah, it's really like a, you know, it's a way to try to dig in dig in kind of efficiently into into that community in a, in a matter of an hour or two you know you really volunteering as as you probably know is it's funny it, it's not something that's kind of easy to fit into your life so um yeah. because you're we're all so busy right so <clears throat> so it's a way um it's a way for us too it's like we're out on the road we're in these different cities to kind of like make it happen sometimes you've got to it's like getting out on that dance floor for the first time or walking or starting to march in a protest when you just get there, you know, you kind of have to force it in the beginning <laughs> and then, and then it get and then you get kind of wrapped up in the energy, but it's, you know, volunteering's like that. It's, it's not easy to do kind of straight off the bat. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it is such a, I mean, it does take some effort and, and organizing definitely to get it, you know, to fit it into your schedule. But I feel like once you do, then it's, it's hard to stop. It just, it really adds so much when you can find the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And Chad, I know that the origins of Calling All Crows were all about improving the lives of women and girls around the world. You have a wonderful thing that you said. If we put women in positions of power, the whole society is lifted up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, well, just look at men's track record. I mean, that kind of that can say it all. Um, so often, these when you hear of greed and power and um, and decisions that were made, policies, uh, you know, it's all for much of uh, modern history, it's all men making these decisions and, and the wars and, and um, so it's, it's for me, it's, it's, it's a, and when you hear of a violent crime, you know, so, so rarely is it, is there a woman um, perpetrating that crime? So uh, I, you know, you know, we are, that. <laughs> Women, I feel, um, and, and, you know, now, now gender lines are getting a, a blurred and there's, you know, trans and there's LBG, um, 
LBGTQ. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's kind of, it's less of a man and woman and more of a, more of a spectrum. Um, right. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think power and, and testosterone don't go very well together. I believe that, uh, there's a nurture, nurturing spirit within, uh, um, women and mothers and, uh, you know, that, that there's a, uh, you know, I just, I personally feel like there's a connection to the earth and a connection to our fellow human beings that, that it comes much more naturally to women. Um, and, uh, so therefore I think that, that, that transfer of power, that, power placed in the hands and this and there have been women you know like margaret thatcher was pretty yeah you know in some ways ruthless and and conservative and but but i think for the most part if i can speak in broad strokes here if the chemical reaction that happens when you put power in a man's hand is different if you were to put that same power in a woman's hand and i i just think there's a little a, a difference there and I, I, uh, I think men have fucked up and for so long, and I, I would love to see women, uh, women make the decisions that, that matter. Yes, that is so sorely needed. Um, shifting gears a little bit, although the role of women is very important in this respect too, I read that you visited a refugee camp in the Sudan. Is that right? No, I wasn't. Oh, no. I never went to a refugee camp there. Um, I'm trying to think where uh, we were doing a lot. One of our first projects was all about Sudan. Um, and we were raising money. One of our most success, it was right off the bat. It was a very successful campaign because of the nature of it. But we were raising money for stoves so that women didn't have to leave the refugee camps. And uh, yes when they left to the confines of the camp, they would be attacked. You know, they would try looking for firewood. Um, they would be, uh, that's, that's when many were murdered and raped. And, uh, so this stove, which was our, which was, a uh, we were doing this through Oxfam who we've had a, a lovely relationship with for many years. They, uh, we had this stove at shows where people could just drop money in the stove. It was like a, uh, almost like a small R2D2 looking thing. And we would just put it on the merch table. And it was so, it was very easy is, you know, one of the things about calling all crows and, and being a band that also has these, uh, causes is sometimes it's hard to connect the cause to the fans per se, uh, in a really tangible way, but the stove was great because it was right there at the merch table next to the t-shirts. And all you had to do is like drop a couple bucks in it. And, um, and I think $20 bought a stove and we raised a hundred grand. Um, so it was, it was a, it was a great way to, and, 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 te and good information for us and how to kind of connect the dots between, um, between messaging and, and playing and, and connecting to the fans and uh, in a way that's kind of understandable and succinct. Yeah, I love that idea and that activation. It makes it so tangible. 
were you partnering with Bob Ferguson at Oxfam by chance? Yes, of course. Bob's actually on our board. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, he's so great. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. Yeah, I believe that Music for Relief, um, you know, the nonprofit, <clears throat> excuse me, is founded by Lincoln Park, did yeah. something similar with Stoves in Nepal. Oh, cool. Yeah, such a, a great idea and so tangible. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get there with other causes. <laughs> so this year, Calling All Crows is focused a lot on prison reform. Is that your main initiative? Yes. And um, so are you now doing virtual service projects and how are you keeping yes. your fans active and engaged during the quarantine time? Yes, we are on um, Chadwick Stokes uh, Instagram and sometimes Dispatch's Instagram and on Chadwick Stokes Facebook a few times a week. We've been doing basically virtual service projects in which we say, um, you know, here to all the, to, uh, we say, during this next song, please look up this link, please consider donating to this, or uh, just check it out, or call a, call a friend during this next tune, you know, or, uh, you know, give a shout out to someone who live, who's in a nursing home who you haven't talked to in a while, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it, it kind of runs the gamut as we've, we've done a lot of these, probably, you know, something like 40 um, service projects or virtual service projects since quarantine started. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just simple, small actions people can take from their homes can really make a difference. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I think it's hard to figure out what, during these times, you know, how to how to feel good about your day or how to feel like, you know, how to not just kind of fold in on yourself because it's, it's complicated. You know, our, our human brain is complicated. I know, it sure is. And with so many, I don't know, things to call our attention externally now with with all the protesting going on, it's, it's a strange dichotomy knowing you should you know, part of you is you should stay home, but you want to be out there being active and oh, it's hard. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Can I ask you, um, you know, what, this might be a hard question to answer, but what inspired your activism from a, from a young age? Were your parents socially active or was it just kind of something that you think was like inherent in your nature or? Um, you know, I, uh, my parents were, or they were kind of open and I kind of, my mom, you know, more of a free spirit than my dad, who's more of a, uh, well, that's a good word for him. More, more of a, I don't know, more old school, I guess. Um, and, but we grew up, you know, on this farm where I am now and my aunt and uncles lived here and, and they were younger and kind of more part of the, part of that hippie generation. Um, we also had a, a fabulous uh, building in town called the Peace Abbey, which was a shrine to, to uh, activism and pacifism and, um, kind of uh, almost like a church for for activists. And so 
um, that was that was kind of a rare, you know, a, a little uh, maybe a little X factor in the uh, in my upbringing. Just being aware of of these fabulous men and women who had fought for so much in their lives. And I think through music, I was always inspired as a kid was always inspired by music that, well, of course we loved music and, you know, musical family, but also to think that of that marriage of social change and music and how, how alchemic that can be. And, and just, uh, how powerful that can be. And so uh, my favorite songs as a kid were always, you know, songs that were fighting for something or protest songs or something, songs that were about more than, than the music, because then you're combining, you're, you're combining music, which is, you know, has its own divinity and you're, and you're adding a uh, story to it in a way that's, uh, that can be, you know, that can be, that can change, that can, that can bring people together and, and can kind of be that, uh, fuck the system. You know, you can kind of from, from the ground up, you can help be part of change. If, especially if the leaders from the top down are failing, you know, we can be part of that part of the movement, uh, part of that kind of ground movement. Music is so helpful in that way. Yeah. It's so powerful. I'm curious. I'm not aware of a whole lot of artists in the younger generation of rock musicians who are consistently addressing important social issues in their music right now, which is surprising given everything going on in the world. Are there any young or rising artists that you're finder, finding inspiring in that respect? Uh, well, you have like some, 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 like Kendrick Lamar, you know, and some of the hip hop artists who are, who are, uh, serving up some serious knowledge yeah. and uh, childish childish cambino so um you know the the rock scene doesn't feel as uh as ubiquitous as it did right. you know years ago so uh we don't see the the pop artists so much you know i i guess i would have thought i would have heard more from pearl jam at this time um and I know Rage Against the Machine was getting back together. And uh, so you have some of these, you know, huge rock bands that, that I've respected as a, as a teenager since they first came out, you know. And, and um, so I, I think that for the, young, for the younger crowd, I think they're out there, but, but it's just so we don't know about them per se, unless you like you're touring and you're out on the scene and, and uh you know you're going to uh hardcore shows in basements in in like you know uh that you know different scenes it's it's a bit of a it's this music scene in general is like there's so many bands and so much music out there that uh it's um i think those bands are out there and i have some some friends who are who i are making good political music great political music um but you wouldn't necessarily know them you know it's like they haven't that that critical mass that that the music scene or the music industry used to cater to is now kind of a pop and hip-hop world so i'd say um you know hip-hop's where the where the real shit is now for so many 
for so many reasons and and yeah and you wouldn't necessarily hear it in pop music because it's not really pop music doesn't really go that way yeah it's true and it's interesting i actually um wrote a thesis this was about 10 years ago now but i interviewed everyone from billy bragg to ozo motley to um yoko ono and even oh, cool. yeah it was pretty great and even wow. even yoko ono said that she felt pressure to refrain from being political from the powers that be you know so management and um, record labels and so on and it, it was you know i know it can alienate audiences uh so it's a it's a brave and courageous thing to do and then other young you know younger artists often said they didn't feel confident enough sometimes in their knowledge of the issues to speak out about it and and that's something too um that you know hadn't occurred to me actually before i did the thesis but i was once i heard that i was like of course that that makes sense too so it's yeah it's not always easy yeah 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 i think you do get some blowback uh not only from your managers and stuff but from fans and stuff but uh you know, I think what I'd say to those artists is like, it's okay to be divisive and it's okay to, you know, follow your own intuition there. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I've been listening to your your new, newish solo project, Chadwick Stokes and the Pintos. And I love that album and you address so many topics in it. And Thanks. Can you um, talk a little bit about, about that and how you, you know, how it all came together? Yeah, those songs I've been kicking, some of those songs have been kicking around for a long time and it was great to, uh, and we've played them as a band. So we really knew them, we knew, we knew them quite well. So when we got into the studio, we could just, you know, play the song a few times and then it was done and then move to the next one. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was kind of like the, the songs we've been as a band that we had gravitate, gravitated towards over the last two years uh, before getting into the studio. So when, when, and then, so I, when, as soon as we had enough for an album, I was really jonesing to get into the studio and, and record them, but it was, it's great. You know, JR and Willie and Tommy, they all, they sing so well. So, uh, it was, it was really fun to, to, uh, to finally get into the studio and record those songs that have been kicking around for a little while. Oh yeah. That's awesome. And you're, you're, former fan well i'm sure still fan but is now part of your band that's so cool yeah he's like our he was our secret weapon i feel like because he was like the new guy in the last couple of years but but now he's the secret's out he is just a full-on he's just amazing so I, I, I love playing with him and his name's tommy ing his last name's ng but he plays in a he kind of has his own solo thing called jesus the dinosaur and he's from, he's a Boston. He grew up in Atlanta, but he's been in Boston for the last few years. Oh, very cool. And Chad, can I ask you if there are any plans for Dispatch or State Radio in the works? Yeah, there's a Dispatch record that's happening now. Um, working on that. And uh, so that's exciting yeah. that we recorded for the most part, we recorded in January or February. 
um, and um, state radio, you know, is really, this would be a time to, for state radio to be playing um, just because it's the most uh, political of the outfits that I, that I'm in. Uh, so, but as, as timing would have it, the, you know, I've been trying to kind of pull dispatch towards that, that realm more and more. And, and, uh, and Brad, my, my partner in dispatch and the guys, Matt and Mike and Jr. you know, are also really political in their own right. So, so it's, it's been a pretty easy sell and, and we're kind of, we were leaning more and more that way the last few years anyways. Great. I can't wait to hear it. Do you have an anticipated release date yet or? I, I don't, it was, it was before this summer, but now everything, you know, everything slowed down and we're just listening to mixes and trying to figure out which songs to put on like for a, for a 10 or 11 song record. And, um, I don't know. So I don't know when it's be released. I think, I think our, our summer tour got punted to next summer. So it'll definitely be out. You know, I'd, I'd like to, we'd like to drop some songs soon, you know, in the next, maybe by uh, July, but I'm, I kind of think that'll, ha- I doubt that'll happen. So right now, I guess I would say the fall is when we'd like to release oh, great. it. Great. Not too far off. And, yeah. And just a couple of um, more things here. I shifting gears for a moment. Um, you said that you've been playing knockout basketball to kind of stay healthy and, and I guess, maybe, yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm not super familiar with <laughs> knockout basketball. It's a, uh, it's a Cloudberry farm favorite here and it's uh that's the name of the, the farm is Cloudberry Farm. Um, and knockout is when you get in a line with, you know, two to 40 people, depending on who's around uh, this, this quarantine, you know, the, the most that's been here has probably been like 12 and you all get in a line and you basically, if you get the ball out, you all from the foul line, we have two old hoops set up in, in our driveway, but we just need, you just need one, you need two balls and one hoop and a foul line. And if you get your ball in before the person in front of you gets theirs in, then they get a hit against them. And if you have three hits or three points, then you're out. So then it, it eventually comes down to two people. And then you just, you're just hustling around to try to get the ball in, in before the other, you know, if that person misses or if someone will knock you out, if they get in theirs in before you do, if you're in front of them. So, uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a farm favorite game, and it's really intense, and it's exhausting when you get down to three or two people, uh, because you're constantly just re- getting your own rebound and then re- sprinting back to the foul line, shooting it, getting your own rebound, you know, and just trying to trying to look for that window where your where your uh, your competitor misses, or and then you can, and if you sink yours, then they they get out. So it's it's really intense, and my brothers are in better shape than I am. So it's like, I'm just, I'm so exhausted at, at the end of these games. Uh, but it's really fun. It's, it's helpful because I, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not like a big exerciser, but I, we work a lot on the land. Uh, so we get it, you know, we're kind of like uh, in shape and strong in some sense, but, but that, that it's helpful to play knockout to really get to that point where your heart, 
you know, it's just really pounding, you know, which, um, it's good, healthy for me to, to get there. Cause I'm not, a, I'm not like, I won't go running. My brothers, they'll go off on runs and whatever. And, um, I, uh, I, I have trouble finding the, the uh, the, uh, impetus to really get out there and kind of exercise on my own. So that's where sports come in. And, and it's nice having, having people around who want to play sports because when you're, you know, when I'm not in quarantine, I'll do a little coaching here and there for the, for my kids, but I'm not oh. necessarily playing sports. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. The knockout basketball and like really good exercise too. It's wicked fun. And it gets kind of nefarious too, because you can, you can like, you can, you, you can knock out if someone's balls in the air and they're about to sink it and they're, they were behind you. So they're about to get you, you know, you can throw yours up in the, in the air and try to hit theirs Oh wow! Um, so it, it's really which is, competitive. Which is great. <laughs> yeah, you can, and if even if the ball's in the net, if you if you're under the net and just and just really, you know, throw it really hard on, at the on the underside of the net, you can knock theirs before it t- comes totally through. And uh, so it's there's a lot of, it's a lot of just like throwing the basketballs as hard as you can against you know if you're trying to if you're in a defensive mode. Oh my gosh, it makes me it makes me want to get out there and try it. That sounds like a lot of fun. I wonder if there there's a little bit of it. I think there's a little bit of it on my Instagram if you want to oh. yeah, if you want to get a visual. Oh yeah, I'll check that out for sure. Yeah, I played basketball a little bit in high school, but I somehow missed <laughs> missed knockout basketball. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. It, it you know, and it's it's uh it, it's it's a fun you can kind of play it across across the board you know like it's just about you don't need to know much about the game of basketball yeah that it, that makes sense and um are there other things that you've been doing to stay kind of grounded and healthy during this quarantine time and also just in general when you're touring or or you know working on your records yeah well music is always cathartic for me to like kind of get out what I'm what's rumbling around in, in my mind um, and playing music with my siblings is, is really fun. And they're around and they play, you know, banjo and mandolin and guitar. So it's, that's, that's always been helpful and cathartic. And even doing these calling all crows sessions where we feel like we're reaching out to a few people who are, who are doing, uh, you know, we, we can kind of be part of, that service world and together in a virtual way, even though it's not quite the same, that's been helpful. And then uh, besides knockout, just I've always found in, in uh, intense times and worrisome times and uh, sad times that, that getting my hands dirty and working with uh, working in the land and, and whether it's, uh, you know, planting trees or, or fruits or vegetables and, uh, a lot of mulching going on and, and, uh, try, you know, looking around and getting up in the trees and cutting down the dead limbs and just stuff like that. Kind of like communing with, with the natural world is, is, uh, always been very helpful for me and kind of giving me perspective and, um, uh, and it's been interesting, you know, when we've been on the, on the, like, you know, life and death on the farm is, is always, uh, it's a little bit more present than say in the suburbs or in the city. 
typically in terms of the animals and the and different things that go on. And we don't have a ton of animals, but there's been, you know, we've had like funerals for our for a skunk that was hanging out here for a while and our rooster just died and Aww. one of our dogs is really old and um you know there's there's uh there's stuff like that where there's a kind of like a closer connection to the life cycle yeah that's really beautiful i one of the things i've been missing here in quarantine is uh, being around animals i don't i don't have any pets unfortunately <laughs> and so yeah you know often I would visit my friends or be just out in the park yeah it's not you know so that must be really nice yeah yeah it is it's special you know that that human animal connection um it's like kind of more there's a spirituality there somehow truly Chad, and um, I wanted to ask you how people can get involved and volunteer either virtually or, you know, in, in the flesh when the time comes. Yeah, you can tune into our Calling All Crows, uh, uh, you know, go to Chadwick Stokes Facebook page and tune into one of our sessions there or, or check out the, my Instagram where, where we go live uh now i think we're going i think we're down to just once a week now and so we'll thursday nights at eight o'clock which is tonight um and and it's just like a you know i play i play like three songs and we do a little we do a little chatter in between songs about about something we can all do together and um uh so it's a nice way to kind of commune with with one another and uh yeah that's where it's on my facebook and on my instagram typically oh terrific and i'll definitely link to that in the show notes so people can find it um chad was there anything else you you wanted to mention before i let you go here um no i think uh you know that with all these protests i would say you know it if you can, and if you're able to take to the streets, like, let's know, let's let this, uh, the powers that be know that, um, that, that we can't take it anymore, that we, you know, it's, um, and we, we will, uh, we will follow the lead of our black and brown brothers and sisters and, uh, we can't let more innocent people die and get thrown in jail for uh, falsely. So right. I would say um, that the protests are full of, I know there's the, the news, you know, says it's, you know, really kind of focuses on the violence and whatever, but the protests are a real beautiful place to, to uh, social distance if you can, but, but to be together is really powerful. And, and it's, a, it's a very positive very loving experience out there and it's it's people of all colors and creed so it's um I, people some people have been asking me you know what what can i do what what what's what's happening what, what where do i see this going and you know as a white man you know i don't i i, I want to recognize my own privilege in in my viewpoints but also um i would say you know don't uh, uh, don't be afraid to to get involved and to and to to feel 
feel that feeling in your gut when something isn't right and uh, and join the human community out there. Yeah, that is so powerful. Thanks, Chad. I, I've been a little hesitant, I have to admit, because of the COVID, but I... Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, but it's so it's so important, and you know, seeing people helping with the cleanup efforts too has been really inspiring. Yeah, yeah. So. And everyone's wearing masks, and you know, in some ways, it is hard. And and I hear you. And so you have to kind of trust your own COVID sensibility. And I I really recommend that as well. But um, it is uh. I didn't think I didn't see one person who wasn't wearing a mask. Oh, that's wonderful! So it, it seemed a very a very conscious uh, group for on the whole. Oh, that's really good to hear. Well, Chad, thank you so much. It was really good to reconnect. Yeah, thanks, Laura. Nice to hear your voice. Okay, that does it for my conversation with Chad. Isn't he just the coolest human with such a kind heart? I really enjoy chatting with him. Before we wrap up, I wanted to encourage you to take a listen to our friends at the Why Not Both podcast. Why Not Both is an exploration of how our multiple passions shape our identity. Hosted by musician and therapist Pam Schaefer, it features a wide variety of creative guests who share how their various interests dovetail to create a vibrant life. Get inspired by the musicians, artists, and creators who chat about how they navigate the world and create the art that you love. Take a listen to the Why Not Both podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. In Harmony was produced and edited by me, Laura Ferrero. A special thank you to James Bremen for the original theme music and to Sophie Walker for her help with show notes and social media. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends about us and you can find us on most podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple, where it would be wonderful if you rated us by just scrolling down and clicking on the stars or leaving a comment. You can follow along with us on Instagram and Facebook at In Harmony Podcast and on Twitter at In Harmony Pod. Thanks again for tuning in and we will catch you next time.